Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you guys got through the week. We've got a great show planned for you. We've also got a great week of shows planned for you. It's going to be a uh, action-packed week of Loveline. First off, question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline AG page. That's in the stories. And, um... DMs got a question for me. It could be about anything. Slide on into those DMs again on our Loveline IG page, which y'all better be following and also better be following me over at uh, Dr. Donahue. Also, I was told I'm not talking enough about my books. Hope you guys picked up my books, Rebel Love and uh, Sex Outside the Lines, because those, it's kind of like I wrote those essentially for people that didn't have access to uh, healthy therapy, a good therapist, or, you know, sex or body positivity, or just wanting better dating paradigms and and whatnot. And um, yeah, it'll help you go deeper, help you go further, help you better understand yourself, but Later in the show, we got Mr. J. Rodriguez joining us. He's the old G, uh, OG Queer Eye. Also was Angel on Rent in one of the original casts. So Broadway, television, music, still doing tons of stuff, but friend of Loveline. So he'll be joining us. And um, let's get into some stuff. I, I <laughs> When I'm looking through social media, which I'm trying to do less and less of, right? Because that's a part of mental health. And Man, you have to encounter so many different kinds of things, especially right now with election time. So let me also just take this moment to say, make sure you're voting. Make sure you're registered to vote. Here's what I want everyone to do. Ask your friends and family members, are you registered to vote? And if they say they're not, say, hey, here, let me send you the link. Because it's very, very, very easy to register to vote. It can take five minutes or less. Maybe even say, hey, let's all get online together and register. And then get those mail-in ballots or... Actually, get those mail-in ballots and then follow up to make sure everyone sent them in and maybe even drag them to the polling place with the mask. Grab your masks and as you know, good old Michelle Obama said, pack a lunch. It might take some time, but this is, this is the time to really pull it all out. It's not just about politics, which by the way, no one at this moment can say I'm not political, right? Because it's bigger than that word. And I think that that word becomes an easy way to bypass having to really acknowledge what's happening around us and that we all do have control in creating the necessary change. And we've talked extensively on Loveline about how our current president has rolled back rights for people in all sorts of exploited and marginalized communities. You know, he's racist, he's sexist, homophobic, transphobic, not looking out for people's health care, all sorts of things, always putting money 
and productivity and capitalism before human lives, right? Very much behind the curve on handling the pandemic. And it's quite, it's quite scary. And I'm not sure what would happen if he were to be elected again. And so if not for you, do it for those you care about, right? Think of others. It's kind of the rhetoric we've been trying to use just with pandemic and wearing masks is this idea of considering the impact our behavior has on others. Politics is very much the same thing. Everything's political. Whether you see yourself as political or not, whether or not you're aware of what's going on uh, federally or at the state level or the local level, you are still always swimming in a world of politics, right? That's how the world works. So every time you pay rent, that's a political thing. Every time you purchase a product, you're supporting something. You know, politics are just something that we're all a part of. Um, all right, so pushing forward, I was, gosh, looking through social media and I came upon this and I thought, what's going on? So are you guys familiar with the singer James Blunt? I don't know how popular he is now, but he, he had a song that came out a couple years ago and it was, it was really good. And he contact, he contracted scurvy. Now, for those who aren't familiar, that usually is related to a vitamin C deficiency. And because vitamin C is pretty plentiful in most areas in our country, it's not something that you hear about. Well, he, he contracted scurvy because he chose to eat a meat only diet. Now, when I say meat only, I mean meat only, nothing else. Now, meat provides protein and it provides iron. It provides a lot of um, micronutrients and some macro, but it doesn't have the needed vitamins or fiber that our health requires. And that's why we talk all the time about fruits and vegetables, which do have iron and protein. So essentially, we do not need meat in our diet at all. You can remove meat and dairy and live a healthy diet. However, you cannot do the opposite as James Blunt showed. You can't remove fruits and vegetables and only live off meat because it lacks all the necessary things for our physical and mental health. So God bless him. He was trying to do something. He really thought he was doing something and he was doing it. Oh my gosh. He wasn't doing it for the right reason, right? It was rooted in some uh, toxic masculinity. He was he was trying to prove a point there, but uh, <laughs> kind of bit him in the butt. You know what I'm saying? That's one of those examples of tried to do something, kind of worked against you. Anywho, God bless it. And finally, let's just close out on Airbnb. You know, I'm a big fan. I think that they give people a way to make extra money. I'm always a fan of that. People get an opportunity to have a side hustle. Also gives us a chance in a more affordable way and also a more luxurious way with more space to travel. Well, they are banning, and, and I'm here for this. This is where we're at. They're banning indefinitely uh, parties in their homes. Now, that's because A, a home is, is something that has a lot of surfaces that can possibly be infected. But bigger than that is they're trying to do their part in not creating spaces where people can kind of break the rules and help spread the pandemic. Now, right now with universities and schools opening, we're not seeing good outcomes. We're seeing them closing back down. We're seeing outbreak clusters. So um, just a fun reminder, pandemic's not over, y'all. So more to do, more to do. All right, coming up next, we got Mr. Jay Rodriguez. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. Right now, children and their families all over Southern California are going to bed hungry. Channel Q and Radio.com have an easy way that you can help feed local students and their families. Text the word NEED to 76278 to give a buck. And also put food in the mouth of a hungry child and their loved ones. Just $1, it's going to make a big difference. Learn more about Feed Our Families on our socials and at WeAreChannelQ.com. All right, we're back. And of course, we got the OG Queer Eye, Mr. Jay Rodriguez with us. What's going on, Jay? Uh, you know, another day, another quarter. 
We've missed you. Where have you been? I know. Well, I've been here. I've been developing an aquatic village in my home with my many aquariums and trying to, you know, get an ecosystem going that uh, has some common sense and decency for each other. I like it. I like it. Um, let's let's just start off the way I'm trying to start off these days, which is how's your mental health? Uh, uh, you know, I have to say, I, uh, in the beginning of this pandemic, it was just a real um, fight or flight situation, trying to navigate really how I am as a gig worker, kind of work from home. How am I going to try to uh, make a living? I found that that was the key cause of what was making me so anxious day to day. And um, I think that while I'm still just every day trying to find new and innovative ways to stay afloat, I think the big thing for me was finding some sense of joy at home and how I channeled that was basically looking around for the things that I'm passionate about in my own home. And for me, that happened to be my little aquariums and something I could govern or something I could take control over. The times in my life where I feel most out of control, most anxious, I found myself trying to like tidy up. So I may like redo an underwear drawer or anything simple that just kind of helps me get a little bit more zen and just do a simple task that gets me more in alignment with myself. So that's kind of how I've been navigating it, to be honestly, just kind of putting my my anxiety uh, into my passions and finding some joy there. Okay, so let's not let's not um, undermine the amazing work you've done aquatically, because the way yeah. you put that out there, it sounds like you threw a few fish in the tank. You've literally oh, not yeah. you upped your game, but you went a really beautiful, more naturalistic, uh, organic way with it. So it was actually came down to a conversation we had a while back about feminism and how that bleeds into the way we treat animals. And on a late night thing, I have I had three basically uh, beta square tanks, bowls, no air, no filter, about under a gallon each. And I just fell into a YouTube hole where I was learning more about their proper care. Come to find out they need about two to five gallons. And you're thinking, what does it have to do with anything? Well, for me, it was, wow, I'm really treating these while pet store pets kind of not the best and i just kind of couldn't sit well with that so i basically went and bought like a 20 gallon long made it a divided tank now each of the beds have five gallon each and then i planted rocks did all these things that made me feel like i was ethically treating these animals as small as they are a little better and to be honest kind of a win-win because it was the creativity it's kind of something that you know i had to be creative for but more than that i think it's a daily responsibility so it keeps me kind of active at home and it's part of the hobby just to be able to uh be able to become more active and and get out of my own skin and and uh less focus on me and more focus on others and if others happen to be aquatic life in my house so be it Yo, I'm telling you, number one, they're stunning. So people have to go on your socials and, and check them out because yeah. I know you sometimes post. But also, I think that that's really beautiful. And this is more of a topic for another day. But I really do think that part of us healing in the ways that we need to are about us connecting back to um, nature in all the different ways. And I think we need it more. And I'm realizing that when I'm looking at people's mental health struggles through this time, how healing uh, entering nature or having a new relationship with it is. And, and that could be why I surround myself with it, to be honest, because the, the, the I have two massive aquariums and when I'm asked, but they're big They're You walk and you're like, Oh, Oh my, in my bedroom. Um, and so something about that, you know, surrounding yourself with nature, whether it's plants or getting outside and standing, you know, at some place that's majestic, that could just be your local, you know, park that, does something to a human to get connected to the earth in that way. I never used to believe in that stuff, but now more than ever, I feel it. 
And also, and we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk more, but just to kind of speak to what you said, because you had me on your weekly IG live event. And what I had said for those that were like, what's this feminist piece is that true feminism is about not asserting power over those that have less power of us. It's not about a vertical hierarchy. And so for people that are enacting, you know, oppression and violence on animals, which are uh, beings that have less power than us, that's just not a feminist perspective. It's all about nonviolence, cooperation. So I love that. But um, all right, we're going to take a quick little break. Question of the night. It's up on our Loveline IG page in the stories, as always. And the DMs are always open. So if you got a question for me, Get some free therapy. Drop it on in there. But uh, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back. And we're talking tonight with the OG Queer Eye, J. Rodriguez. But as always, let me just say, you, you are far more than just the Queer Eye. You are like the quadruple threat. And now we're adding <laughs> that you're starting your own little home sea world. I am. You know, for me, for, me, for, years, for years, I I don't know what it was and how it sparked, but I was always, um, maybe it's just growing up with in the absence of having a lot of nature around me, that even in my apartments, I'd either like a lot of plants or I would have aquariums or pets. And I think just some part of that I found really healing and putting some work into my existing aquariums while in quarantine and, and making them into these kind of beautiful worlds that were um, more appropriate for these animals under my care. I was, I felt really healing during this time. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that the, the fish are happy for whatever you offer them. My cat is a little more uh, picky in particular. <laughs> I, I spent a couple days going out trying to like, you know, make her life a little more fun and dynamic. And I got her this really cool water fountain so she could like have moving water. Mm -hmm. I got her two different toys and literally she has proven yet again that her favorite toy is like an empty brown bag or, <laughs> or like a pen cap. She yeah. just doesn't want, she's not bougie. She is not fancy. She reminds <laughs> me to keep it simple. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, and this may probably be a topic for it, but once we do eventually emerge from such a quarantine state, what that impact's going to have on our pets? Um, because they're so used to having us around all the time and us, them, that all of a sudden, well, let know, me, let me weigh time. in, let me weigh yeah. in because on my live stream show, I'm listening live. Let me do a little plug, which is every Thursday night at 5 PM Pacific, 8 PM Eastern on all the radio.com handles. I had a mutual friend of ours a few months back called doc Halligan, who's yeah. a phenomenal vet. And I asked her that question and her answer was, she was just like, pets. <laughs> Wait, what did she say? She's like, pets are resilient. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know how she is. I love Doc Halligan. I actually, yeah, I was thinking about that too. It's just like, I think it's almost going to be like having rowdy kids. Like I expect some disruptions in the house for the lack of attention he may get in the future. My dog specifically. I don't mean to not put my cat on blast, but she's pretty well behaved. Well, Cookie, um, Cookie, look, Cookie came into an already functioning family. Not <clears throat> So. Yeah, I, for those of you who don't know, basically I do have a zoo here. I've got a dog, a cat. I've got one, two, three, four, five aquariums. Um, and so it is a bit of a zoo here, and everybody's getting a lot of love. Everyone's house is impeccable, and kitty litter is always clean. But, you know, it's part of, I think, my, my mental health work is just to kind of get in a routine where there didn't exist one before um, when I was, you know, beginning of quarantine. Which is beautiful. I'm glad you found that. I'm struggling on the other end where I'm, I can't seem to quite commit or find a routine. And so my work right now is just letting myself kind of be a little anchorless and float 
on the days that I have off and that's kind of feeling best to me because I have a lot of yeah. internalized anxiety. Nothing, nothing worthy of anxiety necessarily is happening, although we are in a pandemic. So that's where- Isn't that the weird part is like, <laughs> the, the, like as much as this felt like a pandemic in the beginning, we're still in it. It's August. No real like hard end in sight. And it's starting to feel like every single documentary we saw exploring these topics years ago um, and all the movies that were dramatized versions of what we're living now. But it is real. We are really impacted by this. And I think the magnitude of it is starting to just hit folks for the first time. And you see polar opposite like uh, reactions to that. Like I was telling you last time we spoke about Sometimes how triggering it is to see everyone, uh, people on social media, quote, living their best life as if we're not a pandemic. So socializing, gathering, backyard parties, which we know are the biggest causes of the spread of the virus. And it's tricky to take my own uh, judgment out of that because, of course, I'd love to be in the same situation. I would love to be in someone's house running around with my friends, but I'm trying to do the most responsible thing. And then on the opposite side of that, you see people who are, are becoming really innovative at home and in a way that they never thought they could. So I applaud Let's them for that. I, I'm being dead serious when I say this. Thank you for being someone who is quarantining and following the rules and thank you for being open about it because people like me and many other people need to see others that we know and care about and respect following the rules to remind us that we are doing the right thing. Because like you said, it's very easy to question, are we holding on to the reins too tight? We see people just completely living their lives like there's no pandemic. And then I see friends like yourself that aren't out there and it's like, oh, that's right. Like I'm part of a community, we're doing following the rules. We're and not that's a struggle. That is a struggle to have those conversations which are frequent for me. I feel like, oh, do you wanna go have like a socially distant coffee? I right now, strangers. I'm not really right there with strangers yet. And then here's the other thing. A lot of these places that they wanna to go to are maskless at the table. I don't live with you. I don't know who else you were maskless well, with this and week. That's not and, and, it's, right. and it's hard for me to sometimes unpack that. I mean, people have gotten the understanding from me because I've really much, I haven't broken the rule that rule for myself. So people have slowly stopped asking, but I think as things go along, there are some folks who are getting a little bit more confident and it just, the science doesn't add up to their behavior for me. And it's tricky because I, you know, it's not, I have nothing against them. I'm not trying to uh, cut ties on the friendship. I try to stay in touch virtually as best I can or with phone calls. I'm just not comfortable putting myself that health risk situation. I also have a roommate I have to consider. Um, and even more importantly, I wanna get back to work at some point. And as Hollywood starts to slowly open up, I would have to get tested if I would ever get on set. I don't wanna have an opportunity to, to pay my rent and all that stuff be canceled because I did poor behavior, then not making me eligible to be able to get back to work. Yeah, well said. I mean, that's my whole thing. I'm following the rules so that we can all get our lives back. But the problem is familiarity breeds comfort and we're so familiar with the pandemic and everything we're hearing that people are getting too comfortable with it and then they're willing to take risks. But you know, you and I are really comfortable also in our own homes. I don't yep. think we're necessarily the kind of people who need 10 people around us at all times to feel whole. So in some parts of it, I found it really rewarding where I can get down to what it is Jay is really about and what Jay really wants and what Jay wants to be responsible putting out into the world. And so I'm much more mindful day to day of like who I am and what I want to be doing uh, because I don't miss that piece. But I will say, you know, every now and again, of course, I do have, um, you know, I have a little fo a little FOMO um, for some of the situations that I'm seeing. And, it, 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 you know, I think it's a human response to that. But I'm also standing firm in the fact that I would rather 
not ever put someone at risk, nor even my, you know, my, my roommate or myself. Um, just because right now I just don't think it's smart to. And in, in these really divisive times, it's sometimes hard to even just open social media without even getting a headache, you know, and, 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 and all the infighting about the things that seem to me to be very common sense and transparent. Yeah. I, and, I, and again, I'm holding, I'm holding a little space as we wrap up for the complexity and nuance of different people's mental health needs and how for some people, they might not live in a safe space. And so leaving and, and, and whatever their needs socially are, everyone has. That's what I, do you ever think about that? What are we going to be like after this? Because I was, you know, even if it comes down to human sexuality and stuff, I haven't been around a man in that biblical way in a long but that, time. But it, but like I said earlier about what the effect of the quarantine, you get so familiar when you're having sex and you're dating and in hookup culture, you get very familiar and then you get very comfortable. I agree with you. Many of us going on what might soon be a year in having been naked around someone or sexual, you are put back to an earlier stage of <laughs> development where you're like, wow, my body esteem comes in there, my sexual yeah. esteem. Like Let me tell you something. I, I tried watching porn the other day and I literally, I guess I hadn't visited in so long. I was like, are they fighting? Are they okay? They seem real, real upset with each other. Oh my God. Is he, is he in pain? Welcome back. Like, it was so foreign. And I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, I, I'm scared to get back into the double dutch of it all because it was just, it's well, been just that- so long. And then we got to go to break. Um, yeah. I have all the faith in the world, sir, that those capacities <laughs> and skills are just dormant and that they will, be, they will be back in strength and strong as soon as you need to. Uh, Mr. J. Rodriguez, where can people find you? Oh, it's real simple. At J.A.I. Rodriguez on all social media with the blue check mark. And if you happen to be uh, wanting to have a virtual connection, I'm live every single day on my Facebook page, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Just look for my name, J.A.I. Rodriguez with the blue check mark. I'll see you at 5 p.m. if you're around. All right, coming up next, we got some DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world and we want you to explore with confidence. Here we go, dear Dr. Chris and Love Line. I like when everyone gives a shout out to everybody, the whole squad. Uh, I've been having such a hard time climaxing lately. It's like I'm not into it. And then my mind wanders off and I can't get it together. Is this normal? I feel stressed, but not overly stressed to the point where it's an issue. So this is a beautiful topic because there's so much connected to it. I think because some of us can get aroused very easily or climax an orgasm very easily, that the assumption is that that's our baseline. Or maybe we think others do because of the sex partners we've had or, you know, the pornography we're watching. But remember, arousal, and I'm talking about desire. I'm using arousal in a very broad word. I'm talking about sexual desire, sexual arousal in terms of self-lubrication and erection. Um, And again, all bodies get erect. All of our lower anatomy gets filled with blood, regardless of whether or not you're a vagina or vulva owner or penis owners. All of those areas enlarge. And also the ability to get a high enough level of arousal to orgasm. These are very complex processes. <laughs> I, you know, if, if I ever walked you through all the things that need to happen, it's not as simple as just hydraulics and blood flow. And I've heard some people gynecologically and neuro- urologically say that, and that's just not true. There's so much psychological and other physiological components related to that. And it's a system that's very easily disrupted by medications and stress and worry and 
all sorts of other pieces, right? So when someone's talking about not being able to climax, I remind them that we want to work from a pleasure-based model. Because when I hear words that are calling out their body, not doing what they want it to do, I say to them, that's a performance-based model. Your body isn't a car. It's not supposed to operate a certain way at all times. Otherwise, it's broken. It's a pleasure-based model. So the question shouldn't be, is it working correctly or right? The, the question should be, are you having fun and enjoying yourself? And I want everyone to remember that we can enjoy sexuality and touch over our entire bodies without having to necessarily orgasm or even be fully aroused. We just have to have a willingness and openness. And often I coach clients into not having every quote unquote erotic or sensual or sexual moment always have to be about things like penetration or orgasm to remind ourselves that it's bigger than that. You know, I let me use like a shopping metaphor. You don't necessarily every time you go out shopping have to purchase something for it to have been successful or fun. Don't you sometimes just want to be out in the world window shopping, seeing what's out there, talking to people. Maybe you go with a friend, you still had fun, you came home with nothing, but you were with each other and you saw things and experienced things and had good conversation. Sex is like that too. We really want to get away from a performance-based model and get back to pleasure. So a few things. I don't know if you're taking a medication that's making it more difficult. I don't know if you are not relaxing, giving yourself enough time, or maybe you're not even aroused enough because, you know, if we were to break it down into simple terms, which we can't, it would basically be that there's physical and there's psychological, and you need at least one of them to push you over the threshold to get you to orgasm. So if psychologically you're not really in the mood, I would honestly prefer you to just say, I'll stop here. But if you're with a partner and you feel safe and comfortable and for whatever reason you're like, I want to ignore where my body's at and I want to try to push it there, then you can amp up the physical, the physical stimulation to account for the lower level of psychological and also vice versa. Sometimes if the feelings and the stimulation physically isn't that great, we can psychologically really try to get into our bodies or turn ourselves on by the things we're thinking about. And note, and think about that, you know, when you have sex with a partner or even yourself, your mind wanders and it's thinking about erotic scenarios. Uh, try amping it up maybe with some pornography. Find some really good body positive feminist based porn, which is now very accessible. Really great companies to support. Always pay for your porn. That is someone's job, the creators, the performers. Uh, there's no such thing as free porn. And culturally, we really somehow think that we have a right to access that for free. But would you steal a musician's music for free or a film and not think that their you know, labor doesn't you know, have value for payment, right? So we want to get a little bit better about that. Anyway, sorry, a little bit of a tangent there. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex of world. We want you to explore with confidence. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about politics. I know, it's one of those days. And talk about Kamala. Uh, listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back. And uh, question of the night. It's up on our Loveline IG page. We'll be busting that on down in the show as well as some DMs. Politics. Okay, so I know some of you love this stuff, some of you don't, but it's important for us to talk about it. And that's why I'm bringing it in. I want to bring it in through my lens, right? Uh, that's what my listeners find important. They want to know the psychological, the emotional, the LGBTQIA, the sex, the body positivity. So let me start by saying this. Donald Trump absolutely fails on all of those levels. So I want us to start there. Because, you know, I'm a feminist and it's something that is about, it's not about gender. Feminism isn't about it's not anti-male, it's about equality. It's about freedom, it's about liberation. 
And it's not about including more women in some of the problematic structures. It's often about creating new ones. But bigger than that, I just want you to know that feminism is liberatory for all of us. Now, when we talk about Donald Trump, this is someone who has a longstanding history of sexism and misogyny, right? At least 25 women have accused him of sexual misconduct since the 70s, right? So this is something that's ongoing. He has a lot of anti-woman, anti-female policy positions, right? He's not a friend of reproductive freedom, which we talk about, we'll talk about again, but that's about everyone having the right and the access and safety around making choices for themselves and their body and their sexual and reproductive health. That's huge. Trump also wants to ban abortions. Now, abortions are a part of healthcare. It is a part of mental health care. That is something that is going to be beneficial for a lot of people. And the studies show that 60 plus percent of people do not regret having gotten an abortion. And they realize that it was the right decision for them. And again, I don't wanna get into reproductive justice, uh, but I just wanna talk about Trump for a second. Um, he also made it a priority to repeal the Affordable Care Act, right? And that helped millions of people get health care. That's something that we have to worry about in this country. Um, also, really is not a supporter of Planned Parenthood and wanted to shut it down. And they've made it very, very, very difficult for Planned Parenthood to exist in some local places where they change some of the regulations. And remember, Planned Parenthood provides sexual health and healthcare to people of all different backgrounds, genders, and socioeconomic positions. And that's something that's really valuable and has saved a lot of lives. So we wanna just remember that part. Now, Kamala Harris, what comes up for some people where they struggle with her is that she is from the carceral system and she was really hard on truancy and wanted to put truant children's parents in jail. And um, people, some people are a little nervous that she's going to use the same system that we're trying to abolish uh, as, a, as a tool or a weapon. I'm holding space for a lot of growth and change. And I know that Biden isn't, excuse me, doesn't necessarily have the cleanest background either. And I'm talking in really vague, superficial terms because I, I don't want, I want to be a resource for people to get some entry points or some topics of interest that they then go research. Because I think, <clears throat> and then I'll circle back to my point, but I think that that's a missing piece of all this. One of the things I've noticed since I've worked in public health and mental health is that we've been trained to accept a lot of what we're told without critically analyzing and doing the research. And so if you're curious about some of the things I'm talking about, I give you key buzzwords purposefully so you can go Google those. You can go start discussions about those things. So Angela Davis, who's an amazing radical, she is uh, a queer woman of color and she fights for prison abolition and for a lot of necessary change in our culture. She was one of the first people to come forward saying, I support Biden. And that was very distressing to a lot of individuals. But her stance was, he's gonna be one of the people that I feel safest with because I feel as though he's the healthiest and someone who we can actually try to influence and move towards making the necessary change. Well, we live in a two-party system where I know we wanna make changes around that, and so that's another discussion. But right now, with this coming election, we have two choices. And I, I'm sorry, I don't support not voting. That isn't going to change the system. In fact, what that does is, just like when we don't speak up to injustice, it allows it to perpetuate and sometimes strengthen. And so, Kamala and, and Joe Biden are not perfect. I'm from, I went to high school in Delaware. I'm from the East Coast. I commuted every day from Philadelphia to Delaware to go to a obnoxiously bougie private school. And again, don't hold that against me. We'll talk about that another time. But Biden's family went to that high school as well. <clears throat> I've been familiar with the Bidens since youth. 
And um, we want to elect someone who isn't perfect because that doesn't exist. Michelle Obama beautifully laid that out at the DNC. But we do want to bring in someone who we think cares, has empathy, will listen, will make some need to change, and has a better track record. I've tracked Joe Biden, and he wouldn't be my number one choice, but he is now. And Kamala is the same way. I had a lot of issues with her. But if I had to choose, which I do, those are the two I'm going for because those are the two that are going to best represent my ethics and my politics. And I believe that my listeners agree with that. And if you don't, I want you to really stop and ask yourself, what is it? Why do I not care about the exploited, marginalized people that Trump has shown he harms and will continue to, right? Like, why? how am I able or why am I willing to not consider that or those people in my life. We're going to talk a little bit more about this, but um, I just needed to publicly put it out there that I'm, as always, voting Democrat when it makes sense to me, which thus far it always has. Um, I was a fan at one point of Bernie. That was the person who made the most sense to me at that time. Still does in a lot of ways, but that's not an option for me. And I have to be present with what's available and what's going on. So We'll keep the conversation going because I want this to be something that people get a little more familiar with. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about something we actually haven't talked about in a long time, and I'm surprised by that because it's something that I I feel personally identified with, ageism. Yep, it came up recently because of some pictures Madonna posted. Talk about that. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. Right now, children and their families all over Southern California are going to bed hungry. Channel Q and radio.com have an easy way for you to help feed local students and their families. Text the word NEED to 76278 to give a buck and put food in the mouth of a hungry kid and their loved ones. Just $1 to make a big difference. Learn more about Feed Our Families on our socials and at wearechannelq.com. All right, we're back. So happy birthday, Madonna. (laughs) She had her birthday. I think it was a couple days ago. Um... I show up to those kinds of things a little late in the game, but that's okay. Uh, happy birthday to her. You know, Madonna is someone who was a really powerful part of my own sexual journey in high school. She was one of the few people back then that was really in a powerful feminist way pushing forward with her her erotic capital. And she said, you know, I can lead with any part of me that I feel confident or proud in and there's no right or wrong way to build a career. And it was really empowering. And I know right now with the whole WAP song, the Cardi B song that a lot of people are saying, how is that in empowerment, right? How is the flaunting of sexuality empowering to anyone? Well, it's empowering because of how disempowering it is. So let's sit with that for a second. The people that are so sex and body phobic, right? Um, what we often call the patriarchy, they made the explicit use or promotion of sexuality empowering when they decided to shame people for being female, female presenting, or sex positive. It's a counterbalance. And as soon as we culturally develop a healthier relationship with sex and bodies, it will be a neutralized thing. People won't be either criminalizing or leading with. They won't be pathologizing or shaming. It'll just exist in a more neutral sense. But because we've used it as a tool to shame and disempower people, it then becomes a tool for empowerment. 
See how that works? And so the way we're using it right now with people like Cardi saying, I'm going to, I'm going to demand respect and I'm going to build a career on this. That only is in existence because of the fear and anxiety and shaming we put around sexuality. And so when you see someone like Madonna at her age in her sixties, not shying away, I want us to say that's a symptom of our culture. And that's part of the healing process. Remember, when we are made anxious or afraid of something, the work isn't saying, let's remove it from our lives in totality. The work is saying, let me figure out and work on developing a healthier relationship to this. And ageism comes up because in our culture, and this is not true in all cultures, this is very Western and American, we have a decline narrative around aging. Really carry that idea with you and notice over the next week how many times aging and age are used to imply or are seen as a decline, a, a, a regression, a weakening. I, I, it's heartbreaking. I was just watching an old uh, episode of Survivor and in the first episode before the cast members met each other, they were, you know, you, they show up apparently and everyone has to remain silent. Uh, they had to vote someone off and the one try vote off the older woman because again, it was assumed being older, she will not be as valuable. And what was amazing to see was that she got herself back in the game and stuck around longer than some of the younger people who were falling apart far sooner. They were weaker. They weren't as mentally strong. They didn't have any skills socially or otherwise. And it was such a powerful example of how age doesn't promise anything. And I'm always saying that even in terms of dating, your chronological age, the amount of years you've been on the planet doesn't tell us anything. It doesn't speak to anything. It doesn't promise anything. It doesn't promise your weaker because you're over a certain age or more mature or more intelligent. And your youth doesn't promise that. We talked on another show about childism, this idea that children don't have rights and we think that they're stupid and we don't legitimize their thoughts or their feelings. We do the same thing with people of older years. We think that they're also becoming less rational or intelligent or useful. And so I see that coming up in dating where we have this magic idea of what someone's age means and we use it against people. We also start to think that their life has to kind of close down and shut down. And, you know, Madonna at her in her 60s still saying, I'm going to still be sexy and sexual and I'm going to date the age that makes sense to me. She's dating someone in their 20s. And she posted, um, it wasn't topless, but her boobs were out and her arm was crossing it. And there was a picture she put on her social media and people lost their minds saying that's not age appropriate. What does that even mean? You know, these labels like age and gender, they trap and they confine and they limit us. I want people to be living honestly. That is honestly who she is. And she's saying my age shouldn't be what directs my life for my life decisions. And I see people doing that in terms of career as well, or even family. I'm too old to go back to school. No, you're not. Sounds like you're interested. Go. I'm too old to start a family. No, you're not. Sounds like you're held back by this socially constructed idea, which isn't even real. And so that's why the mental health work I'm always saying is just about who am I and what do I need and what do I want? and not being limited by that. And I see that coming up in my own life. I've hit a certain age where I'm seeing people start to kind of see me differently or, or have different expectations. And I, and I really push back and challenge that. And it came up even in my family. I was talking to my brother about some career things I wanted to do, excuse me, I wanted to do. And I heard him say to me outright, uh, aren't you too old for that? And I thought, what does that even mean? I'm telling you, I have the interest. I have the energy for it. So I should back away from going after something that I wanted that's meaningful to me because of the amount of years I've been on this planet. 
which speaks to nothing. I'm still very intelligent and very active and I don't have a lot I want to do. And I see myself as very young and I always will because I won't subscribe to those things. So thank you, Madonna, for being one of those people who's always saying, I'm going to do it my way. And for those that want to participate, get on the bus. And for those that don't, that's okay. Do your thing. But I want to challenge everyone to think outside of the constructs of age and to treat people and yourself based on who you are, not based on that number. It limits us. It can become very toxic. Um, and it doesn't hold space for the idea that our lives can improve and get better with aging. There's a gift and a beauty in that. Sadly, not everyone gets to achieve longer life. It's a privilege to get to be around for that long and to have those experiences. Not everyone gets that. Some people's lives are only two decades long or three decades or four decades. And so it's a beautiful thing when someone gets to live longer than that. And there's so much life ahead. Life doesn't stop because of an age you reach. You still want love and happiness and excitement and, and, it, and it should be available to you. And so let's be very thoughtful about the way we use age against ourselves and other people, whether it's career or it's skill or it's sexuality, romance and love and dating. Life doesn't stop. Coming up next, question of the night. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, today is Kobe Day. It's been a really rough year so far, and arguably it started off badly in February when Kobe and his daughter, along with six other people, tragically passed in a helicopter accident that happened here in LA. I remember when that happened. That was a cultural moment. That was really hard on a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Very heartbreaking to witness. Um, Question of the night is tied to that. It's what are some things you've been able to do to take your mind off the stresses around you? And there's, there's a lot of stresses around us. I appreciate that. And right now we're talking a lot about amplification, which means the things that maybe traditionally wouldn't have been very stressful, they now are. And people are being a little shocked by what's feeling overwhelming. And that's because of the current state we don't have access to the things that maybe ground us or make us happy or our self-care all, or we have these overarching concerns about our health, our safety, politics, finances, career, all of these things just weaken us. And so when they say that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger, that's not true. Often for many, that which doesn't kill you or harm you makes you weaker. And this is an example. All these things that are swirling around can erode at our our safety and our, our sense of solidness and groundedness. And so that's why I'm always talking about self-care, rest and pleasure, all these things that we can try to build in to better kind of give us some resilience through this time. So be kind with yourself and know that things are amplified. What normally might be a four is feeling now like a six or a seven. And those things that were normally like a seven feel like a 10. I'm experiencing that. I'm very fragile and sensitive some days where I'm really cautious about what I engage, checking my phone, looking at social media, looking at emails, because I know I'm not in the best place for more complexity, right? Because that's what it is for me. I'm getting stressed out by just the complexity of some things in my life. So question of the night is, what are some things you've been able to do to take your mind off stresses around you? First one said, I feel like I'm asking myself this question a lot. Where did it all go wrong this year? I try not to think about negative things and I've been planning little trips for the future so I have something to look forward to. Yep, that's what I'm kind of doing as well. <laughs> I have a list of things I, I can't wait to do as soon as it's safe because I'm trying to follow all of the rules. I want um, I want this thing to kind of go away so we get our lives back, right? I think that's kind of the stance we're all taking. Someone else said, I've just been trying to focus on myself. I think the world needed this shutdown but we definitely didn't need to lose so many good people. 
yeah, I, I, I can see where this could be a cultural moment where we wake up and make the necessary changes. I'm not really seeing that happen. But the loss of life has been horrific and the stresses that have been put upon people. Driving the other day through West Hollywood, it really hurt my heart to see all the businesses that have had to close because of COVID. It was really heartbreaking. Places that are really familiar and important to me or just to the local community, you know? And it's very sad and disruptive, further disruptive, further stressing when you're seeing some of these landmarks close. Um, just heard the closure of another bar that was really popular and important to many people and a job for many. It's really sad. Question tonight again is what are some things you've been able to do to take your mind off stresses around you? Someone said family has been super important, even if we hate each other sometimes, LOL. I know, right? It's the love hate, but uh, you're, you're happy to have them if they have, if they're you know healthy at their core. Uh, someone else said now that sports is back, that's been a nice getaway. Before it was really tough watching the same seven Netflix show. I know, I know, I know. Netflix can't pump out new material fast enough, but I have been going back and watching some stuff that I haven't seen in years, rewatching. And there's there's something really soothing in that. You know, so I've been going back and rewatching shows. One of the shows I've been watching, and this is not on Netflix, and I don't know if I talked about this, The Good Wife. Oh, uh, to me, that was a show I'd never heard of, and then I saw it. Loved it, and I've now seen it many, many times. So I throw that out there. And I've also been watching some old Survivor series uh, seasons. I don't know what that's about. I think it's because it's it's simple, right? Like it's dynamic, it's interesting, a lot of movement, but yet it doesn't require a lot of thought on my part. <laughs> Question of the night are, what are some things you've been able to do to take your mind off the stresses around you? Someone else said, every month has sucked. I try to stay off social media every day and I've unfollowed a bunch of people. I appreciate that. You can always refollow if you feel, but yeah, you gotta create a sanctuary around you. And that means paying attention to the impact the things you're following have on you, whether it's seeing people not follow the rules or it's seeing people do things that you miss and don't have access to anymore. Uh, loneliness, I appreciate that. So take care of yourself. Sounds like that's what you're doing. Someone else said, RIP Kobe. Nothing has been right since February. Man, ain't that the truth though? Whew, I think January was chill, right? And then February, the ball just started rolling. And I was talking to a friend up in Santa Cruz. The fires, heartbreaking. We now have that to battle. The, the California wildfires are here. We just can't get a break, y'all. Somebody else said, my kids going back to school is taking up all of my time. So LOL, it's okay. It's uh, though, it's nice with them. I can see that. Kids add that like little extra distraction or <clears throat> cuddles and care and fun. That's what's, you know, really sweet, I think, about having children around is they really bring you back to the basics. You know, I know that they can be difficult, but they can also bring you back to the basics and remind you just to play and to lose yourself in these simple things and find joy in them, right? Like they just really model simplicity and ease and also complexity and difficulty. Like I appreciate that they are full total beings. All right, coming up next, we're going to be doing question Oh, no, we just did question night. What am I saying? Coming up next, we're going to be doing DMs. See? I'm lost in my thought. All right, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world. We want you to explore with confidence. The DMs come from our Love Line IG page, so uh, drop on in there with your questions. We get to them, we really do. We read them, we listen. Uh, here we go, someone says, hey Dr. Chris, so my girlfriend and I moved in together at the beginning of quarantine. 
I'm telling you, this is how a lot of stories began. <laughs> and when I hear that, I go, all right, you're either going to tell me something really beautiful or it's going to be a rough ending. It was all great. Here it comes. But then about a month ago, I don't know, we just got sick of each other. We decided she should move back to her parents because we love each other, but we realized that maybe all this stress isn't good for us right now. But now I feel like if we ever try to move in again, the same thing will happen. Should we just quit while we're ahead? I love the honesty in this because I hear the honesty in your relationship. I think it's important for couples to try things and to be able to say, hey, that wasn't maybe the best move. Let's make an alternative move, right? So you guys thought, hey, move in. We'll give this a shot, right? The world's burning down around us. Let's cohabitate, save some money, you know, be each other's support. And then you realize it wasn't working out. I do, it's tough because on one hand, I am blaming a lot of things that are going on right now. Uh, you know, I'm contextualizing it and I'm realizing COVID and a lot of other things are going on around us and that's going to impact. So I do want to put some pressure on that, that you guys are maybe trapped together in a small dwelling around the clock. That is not going to be healthy or sustainable for any couple. Some people are thriving in that. Great. But for most of us, that's not going to work. And so I think it's okay to try it again, realizing that we, we change and grow all the time. And so I think it's, uh, well, let me, let me go back and say again, I think it's awesome that you both are in the kind of relationship that was safe enough to say, hey, listen, I don't think this is working. Is it possible to maybe have you move back to your parents and see if that space helps us? And I think it will. And, I, and I'm assuming it did. And you're both going to grow from that. And you're going to learn what worked when you lived together and what didn't. And maybe when you move in together again, if you choose to do that, you'll say, let's make sure we do this. Let's make sure we don't do that. But wait to move in together again when the world's opened back up. And that means you'll both be going to work, maybe going to the gym, maybe going to a coffee shop, seeing friends separately, seeing friends together, going on date nights. Like all these things that become buffers and, and joys and distractions, we need those things. We don't have them right now. And so you can't look at your level of functioning right now or at any time and say that's how it will always be. Quarantine or otherwise, it not working out living together could be a symptom of something else. Because there are people that try to live together in non-quarantine times, right? And it doesn't go well. And then later they come back together and it does. Because of maturity. Other life changes, realizing we need maybe more time apart or more time together because it's that happy balance. You need to be together enough where you feel safe, close, connected, and attached, but you also need to be separate enough where you have your own separate life and don't feel smothered or fused, and we don't have access to that right now. So well done. Keep the conversation going. I love the transparency. I love the safety that both of you weren't feeling as though you had to break up because moving in wasn't the right decision. I think that is a stunning example for all of us. But please don't panic and assume that to live together again would be the same thing. So no, you do not need to break up. Um, you can move in together again, but just talk about what worked and what didn't, knowing that we're always changing and it'll feel different and hopefully feel better when the world is all better, right? And then that's what's so difficult with the people in my practice is it's really hard to suss out what would be a baseline if we haven't worked prior versus what's just truly a result of what's happening around us, which is massive. I don't want us to undermine the power of what's happening around us because we're getting familiar with it. And that familiarity is what's leading to people taking some risks. Also the burnout, right? And everyone has different needs mentally. And so not everyone can be expected to follow the same exact protocol. 
but we're doing our best, so well done. Slightly DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world. We want you to explore with confidence. That is our show. Old episodes of Loveline are at wearechannelq.com and also my live stream show, I'm Listening Live. That's every Thursday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on all the radio.com handles, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can also go there to check out past episodes. It's really great stuff. It's always a celebrity and an expert Talk about COVID, but more importantly, mental health, getting us familiar, hearing about it, talking about it, engaging it, you know, recognizing it. That's the work. It's always going to be the work, but especially right now. Also, Question of the Night, as always, is up on our Love on IG page, so weigh in on that for tomorrow's show. Y'all, thanks for sticking by me. I'm stuck by you. <laughs> I'm here every night. Um, check out my books, Rebel Love and Sex Outside the Lines. It'll do you some good. And as always, y'all, thanks for hanging out with me, and you have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your night.